absolute sports betting degeneracy. Welcome to the zoo. With Sex Panther and Chubby Zebra. Hey everyone, it's Sex Panther and it is week number nine in the zoo. Time for our college football picks and as always, joined by my 20-year veteran friend, the chubby Zebra. Zebra, what's going on? Zebra's getting a little tired. Old age. Third week in a row I've had to take a victory lap and the Zebra ain't in shape enough to be doing that. So, um, either going to have to get in shape or stop winning so much. Four, wait, four and one, three straight weeks. Is that right? I had a three, one and one stuck in there. So it's 11, three and one after a miserable first five weeks of the season. But the last three have been very productive and got me up to a 19, 20 and one record, uh, almost 500. And hopefully this week we can get over 500 and start chipping away at that juice. Uh, I hope we don't agree on anything together. We're still three and six together. But hey, little excitement for the degenerates. The parlay hit. I believe that's our third one this season. For parlays, it's actually not bad. One out of three. Now, you're going to make a lot of money if you can go one out of three hitting parlays, even if they're three-teamers. Um, that, 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 that will make your day. That will make your day. I wasn't quite as productive as the Zebra. I went three and three. Brings my season total to 24 and 21. Did not have any agreement last week, so our together picks – are at three and six. We are on one game this week together. Don't know if we agree, but we're at least on the same game. So uh, before we get started, any final thoughts from last week? No, um, just, you know, I'm seeing things a little bit clearer right now. I hope that continues into this week. Uh, Looked at a lot of this week. This is just not a good college football schedule, just in general, let alone from a betting perspective. So we got some kind of, you know, goofy off the radar picks. Uh, We'll see what happens. It'll be interesting. I agree with you. I had to scroll up and down that list to just try and find five games. And it was, it was slim pickings, but uh, you found five. I found five. One of those agree. We got nine games. We'll start in Mormon country. BYU is going to host East Carolina on Friday night. You know, the Zebra was high on BYU early in the season. In fact, you know, figuring there's only a couple games that they had to get by that they could have run the table and gone 12-0, and but they're going to struggle to make a bowl right now with the way they're playing. Uh, they're, they've been struggling tremendously of late last week they were blown out at liberty which was their third straight loss you know dropping them to a four and four record they needed right to ship now or or this season's going to be a lost cause this losing streak it can be directly attributed to their defense they're they're 95th in fbs allowing 5.8 yards per play and it's not in just one area the entire unit is playing poorly arkansas and liberty averaged over six yards per carry and the front seven, they rank in the over 100th in the defensive line yards. Stuff rate and run defense grade. So, obviously, they just they can't get it done in the front. They can't stop the run. 
here comes East Carolina running back Keaton Mitchell, and he has to be enjoying watching film this week and looking at some of the, the crater holes that might be created. This kid has eight touchdowns. He has 26 runs of 10 yards or more and is averaging a robust 6.8 yards per carry. Looking at BYU's defense, their secondary really isn't much better with multiple categories being ranked near or above 100 in FBS. At East Carolina quarterback um, Holt Naylor's, he's he's torched a couple schools this year. Memphis and UCF might do the same Friday night in Provo. Although high on the BYU early in the season, until they show me anything, they could be a fade for me the rest of the year. They are this week. I'm on East Carolina plus the three. Yeah, we talked about BYU's schedule at the beginning of the season uh, for an independent, uh, quite formidable schedule. But like you said, the last three games, uh, losing to Notre Dame, who's not exactly a prolific offense, they're getting whacked by Arkansas and absolutely destroyed against Liberty. East Carolina, this is interesting. This is their ninth game of the season, their second road game. They've only played one road game in their first eight games. I I don't know how you build a schedule like that as the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. And the one road game was at Tulane and they got pasted 24 to nine. So that is the only thing, everything created equal, neutral site, East Carolina at home, all over East Carolina. The lack of being tested on the road is what kept me off of this game. Not to mention I faded East Carolina the last two weeks I did get the, the win before uh, because Memphis covered, but Central Florida, I, I just couldn't believe they got just trashed by these Pirates. So I might have to reevaluate what I think of East Carolina. This could be another uh, feather in the cap, but uh, a lean on the Pirates, I just couldn't get there. All right, next game up. I'm taking a look at these Ohio State Buckeyes going against the Penn State Nittley Lions. Both teams Coming off very opposite results from last week, Ohio State pasted Iowa, kind of expected. They got there in a kind of roundabout way. Iowa's offense, not only are they terrible, but then they pretty much, as we talked pre-show, they shit the bed and gave Ohio State a bunch of points. I think you said something like 26 points off of 70 yards because Iowa turned the ball over in their own territory so much. I don't know if it necessarily would have made a difference. Ohio State is that good. I truly think they are the best team in the country, but you never be able to tell the voters that. They got that SEC patch love. Penn State, for everything that we everybody thought of Penn State, I don't know that I thought it, uh, the team from Ann Arbor, they really whacked them a couple weeks ago. Now, they rebounded last week against Minnesota, but I think the reality of who Minnesota is is kind of coming to life, too. <laughs> there was a thought about a month ago that Minnesota could run the table and get to the Big Ten title game. Not so much. Um, so Penn State comes in off of that big win. They're at home. The crowd gets up for these big games, but I don't think it matters. Ohio State really is that good. They're completely healthy. They fixed that defense that they kind of plagued them last year. Still at this point, the most points anybody has scored on them is 21 points. That was Toledo and Wisconsin. They've given up 10, 20, and 10, their last three out. Penn State might knock on the door at 20, but they're not going to knock on the door of the 40 or 50. It's going to take to beat Ohio State. I don't understand this line. Maybe you can explain it to me. 15 and a half just seems like an absolute gift, but I'm jumping all over it. Give me these Buckeyes minus the 15 and a half. You know, Penn State 
they've been known to, to to show up in these big games and pull an upset or at least keep them close. But that's generally when they're playing one of those games under the lights. I don't like the fact that this game's at noon. That that does not do anything for me. I think that's part of the reason Ohio State is is such the big favorite. Um, just not enough day for the crowd to get juiced and and the players to get juiced and Ohio State to sit around, you know, waiting for it and see what's going on outside the hotel room. I think Ohio State comes in, takes care of business, or back in Columbus by 8 o'clock, you know, celebrating a big win. I think you're on the right side here. All right, next game up. We are going to go to... Was it Manhattan? I guess Kansas State going to host the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Yeah, uh, we're heading out to to the Little Apple, and, and it seems that so goes Spencer Sanders, so goes Oklahoma State. Sanders had a rough game in the double overtime loss at TCU, but he responded well last week versus Texas with 391 yards and two touchdowns during the Cowboys come from behind 41-34 victory over the Longhorns. Uh, K-State has got a defensive end, Felix Ndike Uzoma. I'm sure I pronounced that wrong, but this dude's going to be in the NFL. Uh, He's one of the best defensive players in the country, and, you know, he'll be putting some pressure on Sanders all day long. K-State, though, they're banged up. Uh, Last week, quarterback Adrian Martinez, linebacker Daniel Green, running back Deuce Vaughn, cornerback Julius Brents, and even safety Josh Hayes were all injured or exited the game versus TCU. K-State's going to need that group back, at least most of them, if they're going to want to stay towards the top of the pack in the Big 12 standings. Oklahoma State, they found a way to hang around and eventually got past Texas last week. And with K-State injury concerns, I feel confident uh, they, they, they can do the same this week in the Little Apple. The winner of this game, uh, they're going to control their own destiny for a spot in the Big 12 title game. Looks like it'll be against TCU unless they completely fall on their face. I think that team's going to be Mike Gundy's Cowboys, and I think they're going to win the game, but I'm not going to turn down the points. Uh, Give me Oklahoma State plus the one and a half. Yeah, I looked at this game. This is probably one of the better games on the schedule, but – I just think it's a coin flip game. I can't get there. Both teams play really good offense. Oklahoma State, you know, with Mike Gundy, I'm really surprised to see his defense being this lax, giving up 450 yards of, of total defense and um, 29 points per game. It's not usually what we see out of a Mike Gundy team. Uh, kind of flip the script and become more of an offensive team averaging nearly 45 points per game. And I think that's where the difference is. Kansas State hasn't really shown the propensity to light up the scoreboard. They like to keep it lower scoring, keep it close, and maybe try and seal it at the end. I just don't know if they'll be able to keep up with the Cowboys. I I like Oklahoma State, but like I said, it's a coin flip game. I couldn't get to a side, so I'll just give you all the moral support I can without actually betting the game. Next game up, USC Trojans at the Arizona Wildcats. You know, Arizona at three and four kind of really shocked me. I thought they'd almost be like Colorado, Hawaii bad, but they've actually been playing pretty good. And part of that is their offense, uh, averaging almost 32 points per game. They're pretty decent at home, but the problem has been their victories are against kind of teams. 
and their losses, they've kind of getting hit pretty hard. Cal beat them by 18 points. Oregon beat them by 27 points. Uh, Washington just two weeks ago beat them by 10. So this Arizona team is really good against bad teams, but hasn't been very good against good teams. Here comes a good USC Trojans team. That two weeks ago, that one-point loss against the Utes of Utah is going to keep them out of the playoffs. I think I think Lincoln Riley had something going here with this team. They tripped and fell on the road there. Maybe they still have a chance that they run the table, but as much as the, the committee and everybody loves the patch, Alabama runs the table. They'll still find a way to get into the tournament. Uh, but I still think USC against a, a overmatched Arizona team should be able to hurdle these 15 and a half points. They've had two weeks to prepare. So I like the Trojans minus the points um, for one unit. You know, USC, that that that, that was a great game against Utah. Uh, I caught the the end of that. Uh, Utah, the, the emotion was there. They had the, the two players that had passed away. They had special made helmets and the crowd was it. I mean, that was a game full of emotion. And they pulled it out at the end with a two-point conversion. And like you said, I think it ruined USC's season. They were headed for a spot in the Final Four. They were going to get it. They were going to uh, overtake Clemson and get that fourth spot. But I don't think they're going to do it with one loss. So the question is, you know, what kind of attitude are they going to have? Are they going to hang their head and go into this one flat because Arizona can't score? Are they going to come out and – you know, try to try to make a statement showing everybody, hey, yeah, you know, we did lose by one point at Utah, but we're still one of the top teams in the country. Which one shows up? I don't know. That's why I'm staying off this game. But I can't argue with the side you're on. Yeah, it's just that 15. Like I said, Arizona's offense has been pretty good, but against bad teams. So it's, it's a little suspect. Maybe they keep up. But I think USC takes care of business. Next game up. Cincinnati Bearcats. I'm kind of interested in this one. See if you give the Bearcats some love going against the UFC or UCF Knights. You know, Cincinnati, they escaped SMU last week with a rather unimpressive win. They continued to not be able to put away bad teams. And they damn near lost to, to South Florida at home. Central Florida, on the other hand, they're coming off a 21-point loss at East Carolina, of which – Four night turnovers were a huge reason. East Carolina's run defense made UCF very one-dimensional, and that's not the kind of offense they need to be. This week, I think they're going to be a little bit more balanced with Cincinnati in the bottom half of the FBS versus the run. The Bearcats, they've looked good against poor rush offenses of SMU and Tulsa and Miami of Ohio and even my Hoosiers, but they didn't fare well against teams in the top 30. Uh, running attacks of South Florida and Arkansas, both of which ran for 220-plus yards and over five yards per carry. UCF quarterback John Reese Plumley he should use Cincinnati's aggressiveness to his advantage this week. The offense will be able to open up a little bit, allowing for some deep shots versus a very young secondary from Cincinnati, and, and they've really yet to be tested this year. Cincinnati's leading wide receiver, Tyler Scott, was a – was in a boot last week and questionable this week. And he's going to need to be on the field for the Bearcats to try to exploit a rather weak night secondary. There's going to be some points in this game, but Cincinnati, they rank dead last in the FBS in both penalties 
and yards off penalties. And that's just a recipe for disaster on the road. I'm taking UCF to bounce back this week, minus the one and a half points to beat the Bearcats. You know, we, we knew the Bearcats were going to have to rebuild after losing Desmond Ryder. They lost that uh, first-round draft pick, uh, the cornerback, as well. They, they lost a lot of pieces from last year's playoff team. But the one thing that Luke Fickle has been able to do, to, to do is just find a way to win, right? They stay in these games. Their one loss was a close game against the Arkansas Razorbacks on the road. I mean, they're just that, what, three points away from being undefeated and probably being in the top 10, even though they don't deserve to be. You're right. They have not put away bad teams. Their schedule outside of Arkansas has not been remarkable. But Luke Fickle finds ways to win, and that's where I'm at on this game. They haven't been impressive, and that's what's keeping me off. But they always seem to find a way to win, and I so I'm leaning the Bearcats with that point and a half. But it's, this one's just too close to call. Central Florida, I thought they were rolling. They spooked me after getting blasted by the Pirates last week. That that one, it wasn't that they lost; it was in the fashion that they lost by 21 points. So that one really spooked me off of this game. So just a lean on the Bearcats for me. All right, this is the part of the show where we go. Talk to Max. We're not really talking to Max. Just holler at Max. Max, we need a commercial break. And we're back. Next game up. Baylor at Texas Tech. This is my game. I wrote it down, and I had to go back and look and see why I wrote it down. I couldn't figure it out for the life of me. Um, But I came up with one reason. One, I think it's a toss-up game. I think these are... Two pretty even games off or teams offensively and defensively. The offenses obviously can put up some points. The defenses are kind of hit and miss. But the thing that stands out for me is Texas Tech is four and three. All three of their losses were on the road to ranked teams. All four of their wins have been at home in pretty decent fashion. Texas took them to overtime. They still got Texas Tech got that win, but They've been a completely different team at home. You could almost say the same for Baylor on the road. Uh, they've been competitive. They beat Iowa State. They only lost by three to West Virginia. But what are you doing losing to West Virginia? Like, really? Uh, so that's really all this came down to. I think they literally are mirror images of each other offensively and defensively. I just like the way the Red Raiders play at home. So I just need them to cover that field goal. That's two and a half. But uh, I'm taking the Red Raiders at home. Wasn't Baylor a top 10 team early in the season? Yes. And a lot of people's darlings to crash the playoffs. It all started by losing to BYU, I believe. You know, they they, they, they blast Albany. They blast Texas State. After that, though, they lost to BYU. Uh, they, lo- they struggled against Iowa State. They lost to Oklahoma State. They lost to West Virginia. They, you know beat the, this year's darling in Kansas, who's, you know, great start, but it's going to struggle to, to find a bowl game. Uh, I don't know why this line's so close. I think this line should be uh, over a field goal. I, I like your play, and I would I, I would do the same. I mean, on a toss-up game, uh, I can't argue with your logic. Texas Tech looks to be the play. I like it. All right, next game up. A little mid-major action. Coastal Carolina going to go take on the Marshall Thundering Herd. I've got a little sour taste in my mouth about Marshall. 
Yeah, and, and rightfully you should as, as a Notre Dame guy. But, uh, you know, other than that game, Marshall hasn't really been too impressive. Uh, definitely not offensively. Defensively, yeah, they're a little better. So they do come off, come into this game fresh off their first ever Sunbelt Conference win uh, in Coastal Carolina. They lost their first game of the season last week. The Chancellors, they, they've had a lot of success this year running the ball, ranking in the top 40 in many categories with an impressive 5.0 uh, yards per carry. Uh, that's going to be a bit of a challenge this week against a Marshall defense that's one of the best group of five Ds in the country. The Herd, they've allowed only three yards per carry, so something's got to give. Coastal Carolina quarterback Grayson McCall has been there for a few years, and that, that season they had a couple years ago that was all darn near undefeated uh, was fun to watch. He's having another solid season, averaging 10 yards per attempt. However, this is going to be the best secondary and the best defensive line he's faced all season. He's going to be pressured all day, and I think he might struggle a little bit. Marshall, speaking of struggles, they struggle offensively, averaging only 4.5 yards per play, and they're a very run-heavy offense. Kalan LaBorne carries the load, having rushed for over 1,000 yards already and 12 touchdowns. With Coastal being poor against the run, LeBourne should have a lot of touches this week, and that's going to allow Marshall to control the game pace. I thought about getting on the under in this game, even though Coastal scores a lot, but I'm just going to take Marshall and I believe lay the two and a half points and the Thunder and Herd gets a win at home. Yeah, you look deeper into both these teams. Coastal Carolina is 6-1. and one. Their, their loss was two weeks ago against Old Dominion. And if you know, if, guys, if you really pay attention to college football, you know Old Dominion is not, not very good. Um, so Coastal Carolina's schedule was relatively weak on top of that. I mean, Louisiana Monroe, they've sucked for a long time. A couple of Georgia schools, Buffalo from the MAC. I mean, there's just no real big wins here. And then losing to Old Dominion kind of leaves you scratching your head. Their defense... Uh, you know, like Zebra mentioned, it's kind of atrocious. 414 yards per game, 29 points per game they're giving up. It's almost like their offense has to outscore their defense. And I think they might find that tough sledding against that Marshall defense. Uh, Marshall's is going to score some points here. And I think they can against Coastal Carolina's very piss poor defense. So moral support here. I'll take the thundering herd, even though it really pains me and hurts my soul to say that. Next game up, Pittsburgh. I think this is your little darling preseason. The Pitt Panthers going to North Carolina Tar Heels. The Tar Heels. I, I, there's only one way to describe this Tar Heels team, man. They, this is literally an offense. It doesn't matter who they're playing. They just have to outscore their defense. And the one loss they had, they weren't able to do it against Notre Dame. Their defense just – I mean, Notre Dame is not a 45-point team by any stretch of the imagination – and they gave up 45 points to the Fighting Irish, the only blemish on their record. But at home, they find ways to win. They're coming off back-to-back -back road games, so I'm sure, and they've had a bye week, so I'm sure they're well rested and ready for this game. Pittsburgh coming off that loss to Louisville, and a relatively convincing loss to Louisville. Um, this is a team that just really hasn't rebounded from the loss of Kenny Pickett going to the NFL, it's not the same offense, and going against a Tar Heel offense that can just light up a scoreboard with, you know, probably, you know, arguably one of the top three, I guess, quarterbacks in Drake May. 
I, I, I like watching this kid sling it. I mean, he, they'll throw it 50, 60 times. He can get it done. 506 yards of offense at home, off a of bye week. Everything checks the Tar Heels. I just need them to eclipse that field goal. They seem so comfortable to win by. The last two games, they won by a field goal. So can we make it four, guys? Just win by four. Give me a Tar Heels for one unit. You mentioned Pitt is my darling. It was actually the opposite. I, I My season totals play was Pitt under the eight and a half. And if your play comes in this week, that one will be a winner. Maybe uh, a check mark for you. You know, I, I need it to happen either this week or next versus Syracuse because Pitt finishes against Virginia, although they could lose to Duke, but probably not in Miami of Florida. So if it happens uh, this week against North Carolina and, and you're a winner, uh, I'll be a winner on my first season total as well. Uh, so I, I, all the moral support in the world for you on this one. I hope, I hope it happens and we can get, uh, at least that first check mark in our season totals. Hey, that would be all right. And guys, and you guys don't know our friendship, uh, Chubby Zebra and I go way back and getting true, true, honest, moral support from him. I don't get that very often, not very often at all. Last game up. It is my Notre Dame fighting Irish big test this week. On the road, going to Syracuse, take on the Orange. Chubby Zebra, you're on this game. What's your take? Yeah, this one uh, was one that I looked at and I didn't want to look at, and I looked a little deeper in and decided to jump on. Uh, the Cuse, they're coming off a demoralizing loss at Clemson that all but ended their hopes of reaching the ACC title game. They did get the Zebra the cover last week, but they were outgained 450 to 291. If not for a four-to-one turnover margin and a 90-yard defensive touchdown that kept them in the game, allowing a final possession for a chance at a victory, I don't. They really weren't in the game. Now Notre Dame, your Irish, uh, they've been impossible to to figure out. Inconsistent play week in and week out, which can be expected with a young team and a young coaching staff. But this inconsistent. I, I took a look at their three road games and, and they hung with Ohio State great that first week of the season and they outplayed BYU in Vegas for the victory and flat out dominated North Carolina on the road there. Maybe it's the distraction of all the tradition and, and what goes on for home games that, that have these kids unable to, to play like that in South Bend. Notre Dame, they're going to lean on the ground game with an offensive line that ranks in the top 25 in almost every run-blocking metric. And they should control the line of scrimmage against Cuse's 3-3-5 look. The Syracuse, they're going to they're gonna get their yards on the ground. But if Notre Dame can create enough pass rush to create negative plays and put Cuse in offense in, in long situations, uh, they're going to be kept in check. As long as Notre Dame doesn't beat themselves with penalties, which – as mentioned earlier, is a huge factor on the road. I'd like the Irish to win this game, but not enough to money line it. I will take Notre Dame plus the two and a half, uh, but but I think they're going to actually win the game in the Carrier Dome. Yeah, you're going to be sad to find out. That, that line dropped down to two points. And so there's two factors here that have me on the Irish here. One is, as you'd mentioned, they're – it could be the focus or what have you, but they do look markedly better on the road. And two, this line opened at Syracuse minus four and a half. And now we're all the way down to two. And we might even get the one and a half or one by the time 
we get to game time. Now, Notre Dame is, they're like the Yankees, they're like the Lakers, they're a very public team, they're, they're bet upon a lot. But for this game against Syracuse on the road, for it to move that much, I feel like the Sharps are kind of on something here. I like the way they, granted it was UNLV, but I, I like the way that they played. Marcus Freeman's got this team coming together. Uh, Michael Mayers, you know, he's going to show out so that, you know, he's probably going to be a top 10, top 15 draft pick in next year's draft. Uh, and I like, I much like this offense better with Drew Pine than Tyler Buckner. So I do, like you, expect this to be a very, very close game. But that line movement is kind of where I'm at on the Irish. So I, I agree with you. I think they can win this game outright, but I'm not going to be greedy. I'm just going to take my two points and put my one unit on the Fighting Irish, which means they're dead because we agree. You know, this is the game that that most likely is going to determine whether Notre Dame goes six and six or seven and five, and that's a huge, huge difference. It doesn't look like much in the standings, but it's going to be really big difference for Marcus Freeman and and his recruiting going forward if he can pull a seven and five and you know get a decent bowl game rather than six and six and being you know playing before Christmas. So you're mailing it in. You give them no chance against Clemson and USC. I no, I don't think they're going to win either one of those games. I'm not in love with this Clemson team this year. I didn't at South Bend, well, granted, actually out South Bend might be to their detriment. Um, and then USC, we'll see if they're actually playing for anything at the end of the season. But uh, they get up for those bigger games. We'll we'll see. I, I honestly don't think they they win them either. But man, if they could squeeze an eight and four out of it, I'd be kind of tickled. I'm going to lose my total because. I think the total was eight and a half and I had them over and just that Stanford and uh, Marshall loss. <laughs> can't get past those. Just can't get past those. That is it for week number nine. Chubby Zebra, any final thoughts? No, I, I uh, like I said earlier, this is going to be a rough watch uh, of college football this week. There's not a whole lot of games that are intriguing. So if you've got yard work to do or, you know, some stuff to prep the house or the boat or the lake house for the for the winter. This might be the Saturday to get it done. This could be it. All right. So by rule, we have to take Notre Dame in the parlay plus the two points. Your stone cold lock of the week. I'm going down to Orlando and going to the bounce house and uh, going to say you UCF is going to not only cover the one and a half uh, against Cincinnati, but I think they're going to win by more than a touchdown. You're going to take the Knights. Uh, listen, I think 15 and a half is a, is an absolute gift. OSU goes into college state or, or state college and roll. So I'll lay the 15 and a half, take the Buckeyes fighting Irish, the Knights, and the Buckeyes, that is your degenerate zoo parlay, if you will. Um, we're hanging out on Facebook. We're on Twitter. But mostly it's the book club. Get on our Discord channel and uh, get in there and shoot shit with us. Call us out by name and uh, we'll holler right back. But most importantly, let us know what you did last week, what you're doing this week. And when it's all said and done, kids, it's all make some money, fools. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owners, operators, or guests of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.